0: Hello, it's Rob from SuccessUnlocked.com, and welcome to the podcast. In this week's episode, I'm speaking with a great friend of mine and a really inspiring guy by the name of Alfie Joey. Now, Alfie is a radio presenter, he's a comedian, he's an artist, he's a speaker, he's a former monk of all things. And as that may have given away, this week's episode, we're really talking all about the idea of changing lanes, changing direction in life, trying different things, separating the chat. Chapters of your life, I suppose. Now Alfie's had a ton of experience changing lanes over the different decades of his life. He started off as a small working class lad in the northeast of England who dreamed of being a comedian but knew that things like that didn't happen to people like him. And so life took him on the journey it took him on, which took him through the church, and eventually that led him to being a comedian of all things. We'll find out how, and that led him to being on the radio. Such an inspiring story of a guy who just followed his dreams, allowed life to take its course course, but focused on getting the things that he wanted. Now, this was really inspiring for me because I used to think that successful people just started off with something, they worked all the way through, they saw it to completion, and that was their successful life from A to Z, linear, straight line. And actually, that wasn't how my life worked out, has worked out so far at all. I've tried lots of different things. As a kid, I wanted to be a magician, and that led to me doing children's birthday parties in my teenage years. Eventually, that led me on to being a professional stage hypnotist which I still do now traveling around the world performing my show but that also led me off in the direction of entrepreneurship and starting several online businesses which I did at the same time and now running success unlocked and sharing my message of personal growth self-improvement and fulfillment and so I used to think I was never going to be successful because I was changing lanes as Alfie calls it but actually now I've realized that's an important part of life as you evolve as you grow as you develop it's so important to try different things in order to build a life that is varied and fulfilled and interesting. So if you've ever felt like it's time to move on, but you just weren't quite sure how or when or why, I think this episode will really, really help you. Now, before we dive into the episode, I'm a big believer in the power of positive thinking. And I believe that one positive thought can change the outlook of your entire day, your week or your month. So I've put together a free workbook for you. And inside that workbook, you'll find 50 of my favorite, most powerful, positive affirmations. These are things that you can say to yourself over and over and over again in your mind to begin to reprogram your mind to think in a more positive way. So if you would like to grab that as a completely free download, just head over to successunlocked.com forward slash resources just head over to successunlocked.com forward slash resources and you'll be able to go ahead and download it completely for free now if you enjoy this episode make sure you do subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player so that you are always the first to know when a new episode is released and I would love it if you could go ahead and leave me a review too so that we can uh, make sure that we spread the word and tell more people about this so without further ado let's start the show This is Success Unlocked, where we uncover what it really takes to become the happiest, most confident, motivated and truly fulfilled version of yourself with advice and inspiration to create your own extraordinary life. Whatever success means to you, it's waiting just around the corner. So I'm really excited to welcome my friend and guest for this week's episode, Mr. Alfie Joey. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing?
1: I'm very excited and when, when I found out you are doing this I, I thought get in now the, the Americans have been doing this for decades and we haven't really believed in it till about now we're catching up and, um, and if ever there was a person to ask people questions about this or someone I'd want to listen to, it's you, because you, you've always <laughs> impressed me, Rob, seriously. Thanks, And mate. I've interviewed you, I've had you on my radio show a number of times and I've, I've asked you to be on. I've, I've picked you because I, I wanted you on the show um, and you, you're, a, you're a great guest. So now... The tables have turned and now you're interviewing me. It's great.
0: Now I've got to see if I can be a great interviewer. Well, mate, thank you for joining. Thank you for joining us. So, people who haven't come across you yet, tell us a bit about yourself. Give us the potted history of Alfie Joy.
1: Okay. But very, very basically and briefly, I'm currently a radio presenter and part-time artist, a cartoonist. Before that, I was a comedian full-time for about 20 years. I've done stand-up before that. I trained to be a priest and was a, a monk, um, as you do. And before that, uh, I was a child. So that's it in reverse. And it's, it's all sort of happened in 10-year chunks. No, no major plan. It just, I look back to my 20s. I was, I was in monasteries and religious life, trying to be a priest, and then I became a brother in the religious order. And then I, I left that. That took quite a while to, to get out of that. And then realized my true vocation was in show business stroke entertainment. And my 30s, I mainly did stand-up comedy, was in sitcoms, and did lots of studio warm-up work at Granada Studios for the BBC. And then left that to become a full-time radio presenter in my 40s. And I'm now in my 50s thinking, what do I do now? So, I've, and again, I'm stumbling into something again because I stumbled into radio. And I'm now stumbling into the world of art and drawing pictures and I'm I'm loving that new direction. So I'm all for, you know, go with what your guts are telling you and give it a try because if you don't, you may live to regret it.
0: There's two lessons I really pull out of your story. The first one, I suppose, is that there is no end point. It's not like you're born and you go to school and you leave school and you've got a vision of what you want to be, like you want to be a footballer or you want to be a monk or you want to be a comedian or you want to be anything, a hypnotist, an artist, whatever. It's literally, and it isn't like there's this end point that you're heading towards. It's actually more like there's an end point for this next stage of your life and that it's perfectly okay to have those chapters.
1: Yes, uh, that, that's really it. I was talking to someone the other day about, d- did you not have, and a few comedians have said this to me through the years, did you never want to be on Live at the Apollo? Did you not need to be on Have I Got News for You? Or do you ne-? And those, those kind of ambitions were all a little bit um, direct and all part of this big comedic master plan, which I've, I've never had. I've always just been happy to be involved. And, and just keep grabbing smaller opportunities and playing about with smaller projects that I really find fun and I really enjoy rather than having this really sort of graphic ambition that knocks everyone else out of the way. I just prefer much smaller things that, that please me and maybe a few other people that I, I like being with.
0: I think that's great. Now, there's going to be some people listening to this who are thinking, crikey, I'm spending all my time trying to be successful at one thing and then Alfie Joey Swans in and he's been excellent at being a monk. I'm sure you were excellent as a monk. I didn't know you then. And he's been excellent as a comedian. And he's been excellent on the radio. And now he's an excellent artist. And they're just trying to master this one thing that they've got in life. Do you think it takes some sort of special talent to be successful? Do you think it takes some sort of like some people are successful and some people are not? What's your view?
1: I, I love that discussion about what it takes to be successful. Is it, is it talent? Is it, and and I do not, I absolutely don't think it's about talent. One of the best books I've read was about the myth of talent called bounce by the, the table tennis champion, Matthew Sayer It's a great book and he really explores it. And he talks about, you know, people, the, the example people always use is Mozart. Well, he was just talented, wasn't he? He was a child prodigy at the age of five. He was, playing this, that, and the other, but he never he never wrote anything of worth, I think, till he was about 18. And it's the old 10,000 hours of practice, the right kind of practice, with the right kind of coach. He had the best piano coach in Europe, his dad, Leopold. Um, so he was someone who became amazing, but he put in the work with the right coach, with the right kind of practice. And I think anyone who applies that stands a chance, stands a good chance of getting where they want, at what they want. Um, if if it is if you if your one thing is music or being the best comedian in the world, then that's fine. I'm I'm all right with that. That just was never for me. I always loved. I've always loved variety. In, in the old school term, where you've got a, a gig and you're introduced, and a, a burlesque dancer, and a hypnotist, and a musician, I've always liked that kind of variety in show business, probably more than anything else. Um, but also, I've always liked variety in my life. So today, I've done a bit of radio, I've drawn a picture, and I've been on a podcast.
0: That is the right? I'm interested along the journey uh, you know you come towards the end of a phase Uh, what what point do you feel like do you realize I suppose that you come into the end of that phase and you need to look for something else was there like a moment where you woke up and you didn't feel connected to the thing you were doing anymore like being part of the church or whatever it was and what what was it that gave you that springboard to move into the next lane I suppose
1: well for that that one um it's there's a story um it's not in me it's not on me uh, uh ted talk or anything but i i there was one pivotal moment when i was leaving the order and it had been rummaging about my head and i was i never thought it possible to, d- to be in show business i always thought wow wouldn't that be amazing to be in show business but i couldn't because i'm I'm just a working-class lad. It was more it was more conceivable for me to be in a religious order in a monastery than to be in show business. It just That was anathema. That didn't happen to kids where I was from. And a, a mate of mine who I'd been the school chaplain at a very tough school in Liverpool, he said to me, will you be my best man? And I said, oh, I'd love to. I'd love to do that. And he said, my um, Uncle Eddie's going to be there. Now, his Uncle Eddie was Eddie Braben, who wrote Morecambe and Wise. Eddie Braben was the and in Morecambe and Wise, basically. Any right. <laughs> joke you've heard Morkman and Wise do, he wrote. He only had one writer. So I went, Eddie Braben's coming to your wedding. He, went, yeah. he said, but he doesn't laugh at anything. And I said, okay, I'm going to make him laugh. So I didn't do the speech for me mate and his wife. I oh, did a speech Eddie. for Eddie Braven, And I did one, the best man speech, the musical. All singing, all dancing, wigs, hats, impressions, everything I knew. I wrote the speech and aimed at square at him. And he didn't just laugh. He let us stand an ovation. And he came right over to me, shook me, and he said, what do you do, mate? He's, he's a scouser. And I said, I'm a monk. He said, forget that, show business. And I went, wow. That's the bloke who wrote. More I loved Mark and Wise as a kid, and I thought Mark and Wise have just told me I can I can actually do this. Never thought it was possible, and then that seed was was set, and then I and then I, I knew I could have a go at it. So that that was pivotal. So I think yeah, I I think and later on, just going back to your question, do you know when it's time to move on? It's usually when you feel a bit stale, and I know uh, there were times when. My comedy wasn't fresh, or I was just settling into big clubs. There was a time when I was doing these big British comedy clubs like Jonglers and the Comedy Store. Once you get into them, you crack them, it's quite comfortable. Where well, it was in the late 90s and early 90s. it was fantastic. It was the land of milk and honey. I couldn't believe you know the money we were getting to do two shows on a Saturday night, two shows on a Friday night and all in the same place, paid for your hotel and everything. It was I couldn't believe it. And the rest of the week, picking off little pub geeks here there, and everywhere. So you could set, – I settled down a bit occasionally. So that was one time when I knew I've got to do something a bit different. So then I started joining sketch groups, collaborating, writing stuff, trying to write stuff for other comedians, and just, just keeping it fresh. I didn't do Edinburgh enough. That would have kept things – a lot fresher just challenging you to write a new show every year. I was usually writing too much for other people and with other people in sketch groups rather than doing stuff for me. So I did make mistakes and errors along the way. But, yeah, I think it's generally when you feel a little bit stale and a little bit samey when you think, I need a new challenge here.
0: There's two ways to take that actually. And this is, I'd never thought about this before, but that means that there could be people listening to this who feel like they're getting a bit fed up of the path that they're on and they feel like uh, this is just not what I want to do anymore. But actually there can be other people who are, perfectly okay with what they're doing, but they feel like they've maybe plateaued or they feel like they need to kick up the ass to like do something a bit more with it. There's actually two different ways there. Cause you talked a little bit about sometimes feeling like some of your comic material, you weren't, you weren't pushing yourself hard enough and you needed a, a bigger challenge. So that's really, really interesting. And I'm also yeah. interested to see, because you've made some very big lane shifts with my, with my, my journey feels like it was like it's wildly different, but there was a there's a sort of a one thing led to the next. I'm interested to know, did you have you like pulled skills or experiences or stuff from various chapters of your life, which happens to have fallen into decades conveniently, um, and then taken that and, and used it as your sort of springboard to be good at the next thing?
1: Uh, absolutely, with with the radio. I'm constantly drawn on stuff that I learned when I trained to be a priest. And when I was in the monastery and we were, I was going out um, working in hospitals in prisons in soup kitchens. So uh, a lot of that sort of social conscience work and charity work, it just comes up every day on the radio show. So that's, that's a really lucky sort of stuff thing that I can draw on. Um, uh, as far as say something like drawing pictures now, I've learned from the mistakes I've made in the past, don't make the same mistake over and over again. I think it was Einstein said you can make a mistake once, that's fine. But repeating the mistake is the stupid bit. Steve Davis, great snooker player, said it's fine to miss a shot. You can miss a shot, that's fine. Just don't miss the same shot the next time you play a shot. Um, Improve on it. And so... I've I tried to learn from that because I've done that in the past where I've just done the same kind of mistakes over and over again. And you just keep running into that brick wall over and over again. So now, I'm um, say for instance, in my art world, I'm trying to improve all the time rather than I'll draw something. I'll do, That's not quite right. What's wrong about it? The next time I draw it, I'll, I'll get rid of that mistake and I'll make some other mistakes and that's fine but I'm always trying to improve what I do now rather than just settle for the same.
0: And you've finished up with a life that has a nice balance to it. You know, you've got your radio show. That's, that's, that's still there. You also are now, doing your art and of course you still do comedy from time to time as well you know well a lot Uh, and and emceeing events and speaking now and then you've done a TED talk so it it suddenly feels like actually it isn't now just a case of changing lanes but actually you've gathered a bunch of those lanes together and you sort of you're that you're that big wide lorry straddling all the lanes at the same time isn't it and doing doing a bunch of the stuff that you really like was that intentional did you say I want to end up with a life that has a bit of this and a bit of that and a bit of the other or has that sort of just happened along the way?
1: I've always been quite bookshotty where I'm just, you know, sometimes bookshot's not a good thing where you end up trying to shoot one thing and you end up shooting nothing. So I I am in danger sometimes of doing too many things, spinning too many plates, so I'm having to learn what to say no to. I'm much more choosy about things like this, about things that are not essential to to my progress or to, to my family life and to my work. Life balance at home and stuff, so I, I do have to keep a check, and also I've got to get certain things finished or hit deadlines with things like art projects or comedy shows or things I'm writing. So I, I do say no to a lot more th- than it seems, and probably should say no to a lot more, and maybe close one or two of them, other lanes down a little bit more.
0: Put the cones out, push yourself into a different <laughs> lane. <laughs>
1: This image of me is this lo- reckless lorry driver <laughs> screaming around the road and get, get off, nobody's overtaking me. Uh, I, think, I do think you know, you, you live once and just get as much as you can out of it because it's all I can't believe maybe 50s now, you know, you just don't think you're going to get here. You, when you're younger, you just it, it doesn't matter, does it? And I just I, I'm just all for getting the best out of every minute of every day if I can.
0: I think your story will resonate with lots of people who feel like, because I think a lot of people are doing a thing that they ended up doing rather than a thing that they wanted to end up doing. They just sort of, life and circumstance shoves people into certain directions. And of course, there's choices along the way. I think there's you know there's things you don't choose, like where you're born and who you're born to. And then there's things you do choose, like what you study. But sometimes you feel a certain amount of social pressure and that can lead you into a certain place. And I know lots of people who finished up in, in that sort of world. And maybe they look at what they'd rather be doing and think, God, I'd love to do that, but I just don't know how to get there. And you were a bit like that. You know, kids like me never end up doing in show business. So what do you think is the big motivational nudge that it takes for somebody to actually believe that they could maybe have a chance and have a crack at doing the thing that people like them never get to do?
1: I think it's listen to the right people. Listen to, is it that coach, that teacher, that person who said you could do it? That, that mate who said, you know, you're, you actually shouldn't be sat in that office there being unhappy because you're really good at X, Y, Z. Listen to that voice more than any other. Because what we often listen to is, is the voice that, you know, of doom, the, pers- the naysayer, the cynic, the person who's, who's going to sneer if you get it wrong. Um, I can remember doing Britain's Got Talent with a pal of mine and way before that, we were doing these little YouTube clips in in the BBC, and we were going in there rehearsing, cause a bit of space there, and putting wigs on and filming sketches. And this guy, who's, he's on telly. I won't say who he is, but he, he, he's a newsreader and stuff like that, journalist, good, good bloke. he said, what, what are you up to one night? You, aren't you getting up early in the morning? I said, yeah, we're just filming some sketches for YouTube. We went, you on YouTube? I think you're past that one. And, and I just chuckled. And then about two or three months later, we've got a, a hit on YouTube that's two, three million people have watched this clip on YouTube. So it just shows you, if I'd listened to him and let that comment get to me, I'd have given up. I'd have thought, he's actually right, what's the point? Instead, I listened to the the mate who said, we can do this. I listened to, to my wife who said, you've got to go on there. I listen to people at work and say, "Give it a shot, you can do it." And it's harder to listen to those voices sometimes than all of the doom and the gloom and the worst possible scenario
0: that's really good. I mean, especially if you're already if you're already questioning something that you, you know, questioning can I do that. It is very easy to fall under the trap of being stomped on by somebody who says something like that. So, I think it is key listen to the person whose opinion matters, listen to the person who can who's in that world or something like that and that's that's just great. So, as we come towards the end of this episode then, if there's somebody listening to this who thinks this is inspiring, Alfie's inspired me to think that the 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 lane I'm in now doesn't have to be the lane I'm I'm going to stay in. I could speed up. I could slow down. I can change completely. I could get off this road and get on a different one. What would you say to somebody as the first step if they listen to this and they just want it, they just want something more? What's the first thing somebody should do?
1: Uh, do it as a hobby. Do try and just edge your way in there. Do some research. Um, if if it's writing, if you want to be a writer, write. If you want to be a comedian, do some comedy gigs. You don't have to do it full time. You can do both of those things as a, as a hobby. J.K. Rowling got up at, you know, whatever hour, wrote some and then wrote some on the cafe later on. Uh, you you can do it, but you have to do it. So whatever it is, just make sure you do a bit of it until it consumes you, until it takes over. I remember doing a, a comedy tour. I refused to turn professional as a comedian because I didn't believe it was possible. And I was on tour with Paul Sinar from The Chase who, who, the man in the white suit, the cinema man, yeah. and Rob Rouse, who's just been in the West End in Upstart Crow, and Rob said, "You've got, like, you've got to give up your job." I was, I was doing running summer camps for kids, and I was running drama groups, and all these daytime jobs, which were quite flexible, but I couldn't, I wouldn't dare give them up in case this comedy thing didn't work. And it wasn't until it was absolutely impossible for me to do both because I had so many gigs and plenty of money coming in with the comedy that it made it impossible to do the other. So I think that's what you can do. You can, you can get one thing going maybe to the point where you monetize it and you do start to make money when you didn't think you would. And then if that tips it over, you know, you've got to do it then and you've got the security. If that's what you want, if that's what's really important, there are moments where you've got to take a deep breath. Think This might not last. This might not work and it will get, a bit hair isn't. go back to them positive people, come and find me on Twitter, I'll tell you, it's possible for you to do it. You will be able to do it if you believe or you surround yourself with the right kind of people and you give it the right amount of work and keep improving. Don't just keep making the same mistakes, just keep trying to get better with the right kind of coaches and the right kind of mentors.
0: I love that. Now, this has been a really inspiring episode and I always feel uplifted after a conversation with you. But if you had to identify one of the most empowering or powerful bits of advice that anyone has ever given you, what would you say it was and who was that person?
1: Um, I I think there was a great moment when I was on the radio where the boss who'd put me on there realised I I wasn't the, the obvious fit at the radio station because I was, he brought me in as a comedian and most of the people there were journalists or were quite serious presenters and it was all school local radio and he was trying to freshen the station. So he brought me in and I was frankly terrible <laughs> because I was presenting a, a comedy music show. I couldn't introduce songs properly. I was terrible at driving the desk. And then I started to get into a groove where I was presenting in a particular way. And he said to me, right, he said, I'll be honest with you, the stabilizers are off. I want you to get better. And it's it's funny. It, his honesty was brilliant, and I appreciated that. He didn't tell me I was rubbish. He didn't make me feel bad. It was obviously a bit of humble pie, but he said, look, the stabilizers are off. I've trusted you. You've got to get better right. for me and you. And so and that was it. I don't know what I did. There's a great very quickly. There's a great story of Charlton Heston was in Ben-Hur and Willie Wyler picked him to be Ben-Hur. Now, everyone was going for this role. Everyone was Paul Newman. Every Hollywood star knew this was going to be the big movie with the chariot race. And it was the guaranteed Oscar winner, ended up winning more Oscars than any other film at that time. And Willie Wyler said, should you have a drink, Charlton? Willie Weil is the director, Charlton Heston, the main star, and they're having a drink. He said, uh, Chuck, you've got to get better. And Charlton Heston said, how? He said, I don't know how, but you've got to get better. Because they'd been filming for a, a couple of weeks, and he knew he needed to be better, but he didn't know how. So Charlton Heston went, I'll get better. And and that's, uh, those sort of stories stay with me, and I think it is possible to, to think yourself better. It yeah. is possible to use your mind to improve your game just by concentrating, just by focusing, just by trying. Even if you think you're giving it everything, well, let's pivot. Let's do it slightly differently. But we can get always get a little bit
0: better. I love that. Absolutely awesome. Now, mate, if people want to find out more about you and everything that you're up to, tell us where to go. Where can we find you?
1: Please come and find me on Twitter at AlfieJoy. You'll find me on Instagram, AlfieJoy.art and I'm on Facebook, and I'm on LinkedIn. I'm everywhere. Just find me,
0: Alfie Joey. We'll put the links to all of that in the show notes, which you can find over at successunlocked.com forward slash lanes, L-A-N-E-S. That's successunlocked.com forward slash lanes. Alfie, thank you so much for joining us. This has been great.
1: Pleasure. Thanks, Rob.
0: How amazing is that? I think Alfie's story is not only inspiring in that he's taken all these different directions in life and being able to leverage one thing in order to empower the next, but also just the way that he shares it is really inspiring too. So again, if you've enjoyed this and you'd like to check out the show notes and of course, find the links to Alfie, just head over to successunlock.com forward slash lanes. Now, I don't know what you're listening to this podcast on. It might be Apple Podcasts, it could be Stitcher, it could be Google Podcasts, who knows? Wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast, make sure you go and subscribe so that you'll be the first to know when we release another episode. We have more great stuff like this every single week, so do not miss out on it. That pretty much brings us to the end of this episode. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a review and a rating as well. Again, it really helps us to spread the word. This is Rob from Success Unlocked and I look forward to seeing you back here for next week's episode. You've been listening to Success Unlocked. Don't forget to stop by at successunlocked.com for full notes and resources from this and every other episode. Then subscribe so that you don't miss out on anything.